Welcome back to another episode of Insects for Dummies. I'm your host, Mitchell Logan, and today we'll be talking about the first insects to be domesticated. It happens to be a silk moth, my personal favorite. Before we begin, I just want to thank all the people who have been listening and interacting with this podcast. I recently discovered that we have over 100 people following between different platforms, and even more listeners, which is incredible, and all thanks to those who have been rating and reviewing the show. I run no ads and have no partnerships yet, so you guys are really making this happen. I also thought it would be nice to build a community for people who listen to this podcast, so I made a Facebook page titled Insects for Dummies. You'll see the logo as it's the same as the one I use for the podcast. And I'll be forwarding all the posts I make on Instagram as well, so y'all can check that out, comment, and interact with each other as well as me. Okay, let's get on with the scheduled program. There are many different kinds of silk moths, but the true silk moth, known as Bombyx mori, or the mulberry silk moth, is where most of our silk comes from, and it's native to China. This moth is the only insect in the world to be completely domesticated, which means it cannot survive in the wild without people and has lost almost all its wild silk moth genes. The wild variant is called Bombyx mandarina, which is a smaller brown lookalike to the white fluffy domesticated moth we know today. The story of domestication starts over 5,000 years ago when people realized that the silk produced by Bombyx mori is not only strong, but also soft. And as a result, this moth became the first producer for natural silk goods. Bombyx mori today is very different from Bombyx mori that were used when the silk trade was just starting. For example, these moths today produce much more and much larger silk than ever needed in nature and have since lost the ability to fly completely. These moths are also very docile and are not bothered at all by human handling. Breeding silk moths for silk is known as sericulture and it is found around the world. Bombyx mori is the primary insect used, but there are others like the partially domesticated giant silk moth, Samia cynthia racini, also known as the airy silk moth. Here in Japan, we have a moth known as tensan, or the Japanese oak silk moth, which has been used for silk production as well but this moth is not domesticated. Sericulture started in China around 3600 BCE. And if you're wondering what BCE is, then you're not alone because I too was kind of confused. It's the neutral version of BC and stands for before common era. Works great for non-religious forms of academia, especially the sciences. Anyway, 3600 BCE is when sericulture originated if you're like me, you might be thinking, cool, but what does that mean? 3600 BCE was the final division of the Stone Age. We had yet to use metals in our daily lives, so general life was very basic. In fact, woven silk wasn't really a thing until closer to 2700 BCE. There are a few variations of a legend regarding the discovery of silk being usable from a silkworm cocoon. And though they each have some unique differences, one piece of the story always remains the same. And it is that a woman of royalty is sitting under a mulberry tree drinking tea when the cocoon of a Bombyx mori happens to fall into her cup. As she pulls it out, she realizes that the cocoon can actually be unraveled. 
and this leads to the beginning of silk production. Evidence suggests that India had also started using silk around this time, but from giant silk moths in the genus Antheria. The quality of silk is not as high, and these moths were never domesticated purely for silk production. Today, silk produced by Antheria moths is known as Tussar silk, and as a result, the giant silk moths in this genus are known as Tussar silk moths. Our Japanese oak silk moth mentioned earlier is also a Tussar silk moth. China maintained leadership in sericulture for a very long time, and the trade secrets for collecting silk from Bombix Mori weren't taught to neighboring countries until around 300 CE. Chinese silk can even be found in some ancient Egyptian tombs long before the Silk Road, which is testimony to the quality and the value of Chinese silk at the time, but also to the royalty of the Egyptians. At this point, you might be wondering how they actually get silk from these silk cocoons in the first place. Silkworms create a strong protein-based fiber that hardens into the silk strand we use today, and the caterpillars of Bombix mori produce a lot of silk when making their cocoons, which are then unraveled and respun. The traditional practice, and most widely used still, is to boil the cocoons with the insects still inside. This is because when the moth is ready to eclose, which is the entomology term for emerge, it uses a special enzyme to melt a hole in the cocoon. This damages the silk, and as a result is less usable. But there is also a newer practice called peace silk, which allows the moths to eclose and continue on with their adult lives. The colors of these cocoons can vary as well, depending on the genetics of the moth being used. In a natural setting, the cocoons from a Bombix mori can vary from white, yellow, and straw-colored to salmon, green, and even pink. Some researchers have also been able to artificially change the color of a silkworm silk by feeding them dyed mulberry leaves. Each cocoon from a Bombix mori contains around 1,000 yards of silk. I honestly can't imagine unraveling that much, but maybe one day we'll have a listener who can email in their experience. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Insects for Dummies. As always, if you're enjoying the show, please make sure to rate and review on whatever platform you're listening. It really helps a lot. If you want to find the Instagram page, you can find it at insects number four dummies. And if you would like to send a listener email, you can do so to insectsfordummies at gmail.com. Next week, I've got a super fun episode for you on dragonflies.